2: going to cause trouble. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to hurt people's feelings. It's Farrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. It's Farrell on the bench in the biggest way possible. Hey out the bad seed, a broken day, a bad apple with a bad attitude, hanging around a bunch of bad actors, bad taste, bad life, bad dude, bad breath, bad attitude, bad vibes. We are live in the Ferrella Place, right across the river and through the woods from where granny stole my lozenges because she was drinking too much Pinot Grigio in New York City the Big Apple. Ooh. People just in plastic bags to break in traffic, some kind of fashion shake it up. Should do be, all my friends that come around flat to flat to party rats on the west side, bedbugs uptown. What a mess this town's a tatter. My burn splattered all over Manhattan. Should do be shake it up. Hey, what's gigging? It's Pharrell Mafia running it with me tonight in New York. And we got our eyes on everything. First of all, I wanted to uh, say how jacked we are to be on in. San Diego on the mightier 1090, an iconic legendary station, rock star status with me, uh, for sure. I have quite a history in Southern California. I got my uh, Surf City shirt on right now. The pier, son. OP pro, son. This ain't no joke. All I know is It's great to be on in Southern California, and it's Baja to Lipstick City, baby, north of L.A. I mean, this thing booms all the way to that city by the bay. It's no joke. I heard somebody, I think Eisen said today, to Canada, I say, from heaven to hell, you can hear the mightier 1090. It's good to have you on 844-843-6879 is the number to get on. That's 844 toll free 843 6879. We want to hear from you, so Cali. We want to talk everything. Padres, you name it. Dodgers, Angels, Clippers, Lakers, Rams, Chargers. I don't care. I know you hate the Chargers. That's fine. So then hate them and bet against them. Talk bad about them. I'm cool with that, too. You can talk about San Diego State. I don't care. You get it all on the bench. So go with us all night, NBA, NHL. So uh, for all on the bench, uh, I'm looking at this game, right? And it's amazing to me, this Clipper game. So the game started out, right? Like you can't even make this stuff up. The first quarter, I got to go back, right? So the beginning of the game, the Clippers come out, you know, Kawhi hits a, a deuce, then Zubats has a dunk, then George makes a three, then Kawhi makes a, a three. It's 10-0. Then Doncic uh, scores on a layup. It's 10-2. Then Zubats again, a tip back, 12-2. Then 15-2 on a PG, 25-footer. 18-2 on a Morris three from 25-foot. Then Doncic makes uh, a shot, a 10-foot popper. It's 18-4. Then next thing you know, uh, Porzingis makes a attack. It's 18-5. And then Hardaway, a jumper, 18-7. I mean, they were killing them. They were killing them. It was 18-2. to And then it was 18-10. Then 2010, 2013. Next thing you know, they get back in it. Finney Smith makes a a 2. It's 20-15. Then PG makes a shot. It's 22-15. Then Porzingis makes an 18-footer. It's 22-17. Then Porzingis again uh, makes a shot or free throws. Um, And it was 22-18. Before you know it, Porzingis makes uh, another free throw. It's 22-19. Then Curry, a a three. It's tied up. A running J, 25-footer, it's tied up. Then uh, Harrell makes a free throw, 23-22. Lou Williams makes a layup, 25-22. Then Curry, another three, 23-foot from Luka. And then Kawhi makes a free throw. They're up one. He makes another one. They're up two. And then Doncic makes a free throw. And then, I mean, the next thing you know, like the the long end of it is this. Next thing you know, all of a sudden, the on a on a kid Gilchrist, 24 foot 3, they take the lead, the maps. Then they go up 38-34 on Doncic 3, step back, just crisp rain, teardrop, 38-34. At, at some point, they go into the second. It's 38-36. Then Finney Smith makes a, a three, a 25-foot dagger. It's 41-36 maps. Then Doncic, a 14-footer, 43-36. They get it up to 10 on a Curry uh, three from Luka. It's 46-36. And then uh, Doncic makes it an 11-point game on a free throw. I mean, uh, he makes another one. They're up 12 then they're up 50 to 36 on a Burke two. And then eventually the Clippers fight their way back into it on a Kawhi 15 footer. They're down five. And then a Zinger makes a 14 footer. They're up um, seven. And then Lou a, a three, sweet Lou a three. It's 52-48. Then it's 52-50 after PG makes a, a layup. And then uh, next thing you know, Uh, Dallas right now, I mean, I'm not going to go through every single step of it, but it's uh, 63-64-59 now with about a minute 40 and rolling in the first half. It is unbelievable to me, this game. They were killing them. The Clippers were killing them. And then they just stopped scoring. And then uh, the Mavs just started hitting everything. And it was all because of, as usual, Doncic. He's got 19 points. Five boards, six dimes already. He'll easily get the triple double. Zinger misses the dunk but fouled. Um, I'm watching right now. He's got 12, 4, and 1. And I want to see if he's got any uh one block so far. He got foul, he got called a foul on a block, on a beautiful block shot, and then got tacked up when he questioned the call. I thought that was a weak call. It was a great block, all ball. And then they called him for the foul and the tech. 60 561. And he got hammered there by uh, PG on that dunk attempt for sure. He's got 13, three of seven from the floor, four boards right now. But it's the usual uh, Doncic show with Porzingis. But in terms of anybody else, uh, Hardaway's got 11. And uh, Kid Gilchrist, six. He's hit two threes in the game. So they're up five right now with a minute 10 left. Sweet Lou, three. Now it's a uh, two-point game. Williams does whatever he wants. He does whatever he wants. Williams has, I mean, I think he's got uh, 11 now. And then um, bottom line, Kawhi's got 15. Morris, 12. Zubat's eight. And PG's got 15 and two threes. Morris, two threes. Kawhi, a three. Green, Jeff Green, a three. Sweet Lou's got two threes. It's a five-point game, 40 seconds left. I think Curry's look good in this game, to be honest with you. Uh, Curry's got nine. He's got three threes in the game. I saw him hit all three threes. You know, it is amazing to me watching uh, Lou Williams play. I don't care if he went to the strip club for wings. I went to the strip club for stakes. I just wanted to say, you got to pick your game up a little bit. You got to have a stake when you're there. Screw wings. I can get wings anywhere. But you got to have the stake. You got to have a big, like, Kansas City strip, an enormous Kansas City strip. I'm not even talking a New York strip. You got to have a Kansas City strip when you're at the strip club. You know what I mean? So, but when, you know, he got done with all of his problems with the strip club and blame and they sat him on the bench and he got no burn, he got in trouble, he hasn't had a haircut in a month and a half. Bottom line is, Sweet Lou deals. He should be the blackjack dealer in Vegas cuz he deals. When he's got the rock, he scores every time, all the time. I mean, Williams is unbelievable. Six man, I don't know how many, what does he want, two or three of them? And the guy just is a freak. Harold is back from uh, his mom's uh, a sister. I guess it was her, his grandmother, right? Or something like this. So his grandmother died and he went into like this, you know, two week grieving. Like he was just shut down with the grandma dying. I guess the grandma was his like best friend in life. So he was out. He never played in the bubble and he came back. Now he's getting uh, his swerve on. Here he is with a steal. Your boy Harold going to the ten. He gets fouled. Doncic questioning the call. He's going to get teed up now. They're going to tee up the whole team. I don't think they're going to tee him up. But uh, they are uh, complaining and arguing about every call, both teams. Both teams. And it's the game's getting physical. I thought that was a block. That looked like a clean block to me. Total block. And I thought Porzingis' was a clean block. And I'm... I'm on the Clippers in this game, right? So I'm just telling it like it is. I thought it was a clean block. But Harold was out forever. And he, you know, I just question his his burn. I question his cardio. I question his uh, being out of the rhythm, out of the game for a couple weeks, completely not in the mix. I just don't, uh, I don't know. I love his game. Don't get me wrong. He's a double-double machine, and he's a nasty player in the blocks. I love his physicality, his intensity and uh, everything about his game, except that he hasn't played. I question how much he's got uh, you know, gas in the tank, in other words. They bring in Shamit, too. That guy can shoot. This whole team with Reggie Jackson, Williams, they got so many nice pieces, the Clippers. You can't even argue it. They're down three, and he misses the free throw, the second free throw. He got the first. They're down three with just about five seconds left. Let's see if Doncic can do any magic here before the buzzer. A runner, but he missed it. So uh, they're going to go uh, 69-66 at the halftime with the Mavs up. I mean, it truly is unbelievable. They were getting smoked 18-2, to and they came back, and they lead at the half. And it really is because of uh Jones. 19-5-6. He is sick in the head. There's no doubt about it. So the Raptors, uh, we'll get into that game. They blew out the Nets. The Nuggets-Jazz game was the game of the day. It, it came down to overtime at 115s, and then the Nuggets blew them out in overtime by 10, 135-125. And so uh, the Celtics uh, were winners by eight over the Sixers. Boston gets it done. We'll get into all those games. And then I just want to tell you, just for shacks and giggles, Kane's up 2-1, 10 left in the game against the Bruins. Boston leads the series two-one. Canes needed to tie up the series at twos. They led this game two-nothing on Halak. Lightning won today over the Jackets two-one. Uh, they lead that series three-one. Abs blew out the Coyotes seven-one. They lead that series three-one. Blues and Canucks later tonight Throw on a bench.
1: Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Hi, Pharrell on the Bench. So uh, a funny story, going back to uh, my days in Miami. In 2003, I uh, worked in Miami after uh, I was on in New York doing Morning Drive. And uh, on WNEW, a legendary station. And then uh, there was this uh, sex for Sam stunt that Obi and Anthony uh, pulled off. And a guy ended up having relations with his girlfriend in the St. Patrick's Cathedral uh, on the Day of Atonement uh, in front of 200 parishioners. And it did not go over well with the city, the state, the popo or any of the uh, people at CBS. So what they did was they fired everyone. I mean, everyone. They fired every single person at the station. So I moved to Miami. Next thing you know, I I end up on QAM, the home of the uh, Marlins and the Canes and the Dolphins and everything else. And I'm doing mornings. And, um, the first day, literally the first day I'm on the air, I, you know, I hadn't worked in a while. Like it had been several months, like probably six months since I got fired because I was a hot potato. They're like, well, he must've done something wrong. So we're not going to hire him. And, uh, so I was like, just chilling uh, on the beach in, uh, Miami and, I mean, chilling the most, right? And the first day on the air, I went on the air the very first day, And the Bruins take the lead, 3-2, to two, unbelievable. Marchand slips one in, and they've got the lead on Carolina. They've blown this game. They were up 2 nothing, and they've given up three straight. And there's 8.20 left in the game. So anyway, I'm in Miami. It's my first day on the air. I go in. I'm working with the legendary uh, Neil Rogers. Uh, I'm doing mornings. And then uh, Neil came on after me. And I'm, you know, crazy. So they'd never had anything like me on the radio. And I went on. And the very first day, uh, Mafia, you know the story, like 10 minutes into the show, 10 minutes in, the first thing I said was that I had slept with Dan Marino's sister, and that did not go over well in Miami. And the phones lit up. People wanted me dead. And then I swear to God, on on a stack of Bibles, a lightning bolt, a lightning bolt hit the tower at exactly 10 minutes into the show. It hit the tower, a gigantic lightning bolt, and the radio station went black for like 24 hours. They lost the radio station. It went off the air completely, and I never did another minute that day. I went on with Neil on the Internet. He did, like, you know, like neilrogers.com or something like that. I went on with his Internet show because there was no radio station. There was no show for him either. So he did an Internet show, and there were no rules. It was, like, uncensored, and it was the filthiest, like, hour of radio I've ever done in my life until I heard for Howard Stern. But I— uh, Today, when I was on in uh, you know San Diego and Southern California, uh, we were on the air about an hour and then a tornado rolled through Miami, and like literally a bunch of them. Like they had the wildest 75 mile an hour winds, the whole deal, massive storms. Rick Caro's coming on now, my sports business and legal insider from Harvard. He lives in Miami. He will attest that uh, these crazy storms blew through Miami. Well, the guy that runs our TV show, runs it from Miami. He runs the whole thing on uh, the production end of it is is out of Miami. And so sure enough, I got knocked off the air like twice today doing the TV show in Southern California. It was the worst. It was just like my nightmare in Miami on QAM when, and when lightning hit the tower. Tell him, Haro, it was unbelievable. You live down there, how bad were the storms? Well, you know, I was excited because, uh, you know, the Mighty 1090
0: stuff and Scott Kaplan and, uh, you know, Good Friend and this was going to be kind of the debut And he's listening. And I took it personally because I thought you blew me off not only once, but twice. You know, I I know it's bad for you, but it's bad for me, too. It's also bad for everybody who could have seen it. And I know because I heard you off the air what you said. And let's put it this way I'm just glad that you weren't on for people to listen to you and your true <laughs> ability with the English language. That's all I got to say.
2: Well, I mean, I called you later and said I didn't know that you had heard me. And I said, I mean, my language was Bob Knight esque. I had it all going. I had the. Yeah, that's a good, that was a good
0: comment. Then you texted me and you said something like. Well, I can't tell you what you texted me, but it, part of it said it's over, and I don't know if that meant your life, the station, our relationship, like you know, uh, no, uh, everything.
2: Not, no, it's just over. Like we're not we're not doing the segment anymore. The whole. I mean, we're uh, lucky if we get on the air. But but hey, thanks for the right? update. But there were, yeah, but there
0: were no, bad really it was really it's 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 one of those. And those of you who know who know radar, you look at it and it's you know beyond red. It's like orange. It's like, you know, hold hold the women and children. And it was close to me. This is Palm Beach Gardens where the Honda Classic is, and that's where your guy Joe Ranieri is. And I'm up in Jupiter, which is about 15 miles away. And it was heading up here. But, you know, summer thunderstorms in South Florida, it like uh, evaporates because it all rained on him. And it just, I took it personally. Then I came back on and I took it personally. And then, you know, two hours later, you said it's over. Well, thanks for the news.
2: Uh, so anyway, uh, the Bruins scored again, and now it's uh, four to two, and it's lights out. I mean, uh, DeBrusque just scored, and they took uh, Reimer to the woodshed and beat him like a rented mule in this uh, third period. They were down two to nothing, and they have rattled off four straight goals. And you know what that means? They're drinking beers afterwards in the ping pong room. I mean, the Bruins are Bro, in the bubble. About, speak- uh, speak of all that, I
0: know. I know, I know it's your show, but, but don't. Uh, Tuukka Rask is taking too much grief, don't you think?
2: No, I don't. I think that, uh, to be honest with you, uh, obviously the team knows that his future uh, is more important than the present. They they know he's a great goalie, which he is. And he's a he's a winner. That's all there is to it. And, you know, he's the kind of guy got him a Stanley Cup. So here's the deal. Uh, When he said he was going home to his pregnant wife, I believe he should have done that before. I believe before the bubble, he should have just made his mind up that he was going to worry about his wife and his, his her pregnancy and his newborn child and everything else and the, and the COVID. I don't like the way he went on record after a game saying, these games don't feel like playoffs to me. Uh, there's no fans. It's just not the same. There's no energy. Uh, and then Marshawn went on record saying, I don't know what he's talking about. These, these are very big games and, and we're all having fun and the games are intense. So I don't know what he's saying. So it's obvious to me that his teammates don't agree with him. And none of them will say it because I'm sure the team put out an edict to tell no media, do not talk about uh, Tuga Rask's decision other than to support him because that's the way they do it in the in the professional leagues of all levels. They'll never let some uh, guy opt out and then the whole team starts bashing him or the front office bashes him and then the guy will leave Boston. So they, I guarantee you they said don't say anything. Meanwhile I think they think he's an absolute wussy for walking out on his teammates in the middle of a series and going home to his wife. And I believe she talked him on the phone into yeah blah 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 yeah, 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 You tell you were going to get, I'm pregnant over here. My my ankles are swollen. Uh, blah, blah, blah. And then he just finally had enough and went home to her. And I believe she <laughs> talked him into going home because she wanted a big old bowl of ice cream with chocolate sauce on it with her swollen feet. And uh, he, he's over here playing hockey and ping pong and drinking beer with the boys in Toronto. And she was having none of it. And he lost that battle.
0: Never mind. Hey, but I, what I was going to say was, that everybody has a right to kind of be safe and also to think about the bubble and maybe the bubble wasn't as safe as he thought it was. But when you think about his statements, obviously, you know, like uh, just leave and uh, apologize to your teammates and go home. And and uh, those statements could have been better. You're absolutely right. Uh, the wussy part and the pregnancy part, I'll just, I'll leave that alone and let you be Pharrell. How's that?
2: Uh, yeah, listen, I, uh, that's fine because I, I do think he's a wussy. <laughs> you, yeah, of course you do. Right. All right. Yeah. All right. So uh, now they're telling me uh, that I have limited time with you tonight uh, because I have someone else coming on the show. So that was poorly planned as well. I just have to say. Uh, so let me get down to the gist of this as quickly as possible. Uh, I want to. Oh, you mean uh, I
0: don't? I can't. We, we can't go through our normal stuff. I've got to go quickly. All right. Yeah. So I got blown. Good. I got blown out in the morning, in the afternoon uh, by yeah. God, and now I got blown out by you. All right. That's okay. This is her. the worst
2: day ever. And I blame. <laughs> <him>. <laughs> oh, come He's on, man. He's got a guest coming up next. You thought maybe he could have like had that guy on in the second hour. But obviously, uh, I'm not even going to ask the question. I have no idea what's happening here. Last week, I told you we screwed you. With one. Now we're screwing you again. So, That's I
0: mean. Right. Is, well, it's, you'll, you'll make it up to me. It. You'll make it up to me next week. And, uh, I and I'm my buddy, you. Scott Capital. Go break break your break your neck. How's that?
2: Listen, I don't. Think that, that he can break my neck. Actually,
0: I'm Uh-oh. bigger. a lot. Well, by by the way, one quick thing b- before substance. He's one of my, you know, he, he's he's a radio giant, but his ability to play racquetball, a little little questionable. I, I'll just leave it at that because you know he he's a he's a Miami guy or spent a lot of time down here as well. Uh, CBS Sportsline, He's a you know a, a giant in the industry. Racquetball player, not so much. I'm, I know right. I'm going to hear about it in a
2: minute. The NHL will award Sports Radar the exclusive rights to distribute its gambling data to sportsbooks in the U.S. and abroad. I think we are involved in some capacity or another with Sports Radar. Tell me about that deal, real quick.
0: Yes, uh, Sports Radar is a big deal, and 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 so uh, uh, Ted Leonsis and the Capitals, a, a major a major investor, uh, basketball, uh, baseball, uh, 250 million dollar bidding. It was a competitive auction that nobody knew about, so nothing official yet, but everybody thinks the deal is done. And what did they do with hockey, right? So they've got uh, chips uh, in the uh, shoulder pads, uh, technology uh, that has data points, including the pucks. SAP was involved in that, thousands of new data points for information that now bettors and others can use.
2: So Yankees and Yes have a deal with TikTok, and and real quick, i got 15 seconds. The NFL and Sky have agreed to a five-year deal. What, are they going to broadcast games in London?
0: Yeah, and they're going to do the same kind of deal. They're going to have uh, early programming, good morning football, total access shows. Sky gets the first NFL shot at things into the Super Bowl. So they're going to do this through the 2025 season, and the NFL is going to pick up a lot more viewers in London, which is great because they have no international games this year, as you know.
2: All right, Rick, uh, great stuff today. Uh, sorry about the tornadoes. Uh, stay dry, and hopefully won't have it won't happen tomorrow. Thanks for coming on the bench tonight. There you go. All right, so uh, Carolina scored and uh, with an empty net. There's 38 seconds left. They're down 4-3 after they blew a 2 nothing lead and Boston ripped off four straight goals. And then uh, they got one back. So there's 38 seconds left. And I know that the uh, Clipper game is underway in the second half. We have Kyle Gunon, our buddy from the Southern Cali News Group, uh, joining us, uh, talking about the game. He's covering the game, obviously uh watching the clippers uh kyle how's it going brother it's good to have you on and, and i don't know if you knew this or not but we're on uh the Mightier 1090 in uh, southern california right now so uh that's awesome it's our first show on there tonight and we're stoked to be on all over southern california and frankly all over uh the west coast with that great signal they got down there
3: yeah i heard your producer told me so congratulations welcome to southern california uh when i when i get rained on here i kind of wish i was back there yeah. sometimes
2: I believe that. Hey, so uh, a fight had just about broke out. Beverly's starting a fight with Porzingis in this game right now. This game has been very chippy since uh, the jump uh, because I thought, you know, the the Mavs got really angry with the Porzingis block and the Tech and then uh, the Doncic block. I thought was clean as well. He didn't get teched up, but I thought that was a clean block. And they've been arguing with the refs uh, throughout the second quarter. There was a lot of arguing, and I think the game got chippy then. Would you agree with that?
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, Pat Bev is is always going to bring it. I saw him join a little back and forth with Luca. Obviously, forced a bunch of turnovers early here in this game, trying to enforce – um, his uh, his will defensively. He's not been fully healthy for the Clippers since coming back. Uh, and you know, obviously, Luka Doncic is Dallas's star. He's going to be a many-time All-Star, to a potentially an MVP someday in this league. Um, so it's it's really interesting to kind of see how two superstars in their primes with Kawhi and Paul George are going to try and handle um, a budding one in Luka Doncic.
2: So uh now Porzingis is over on the bench. Is he getting tacked up and thrown out of this game? He's already been tacked up once. He looks like he's out of the game. I think they uh, just threw him out of the game. So he's leaving watch, Scotty, I mean I,
3: I had to, I had to leave the game to take this phone call. So I'm not actively watching the bench right now. Uh, okay, so I think My just, main role here is to watch the right. Lakers. So yeah, that's that's my main thing.
2: All right. So he just got thrown out of the game, Porzingis, for getting in the fight with Beverly. That's his second tack. And he's walking out now. He's done for tonight. Uh, They just threw him out of this game. That is unbelievable. I have to ask you, um, are you surprised at all that? They had that lead of 18-2, to two, and they came out firing, and then they absolutely folded up their 10 and decided to stop playing, and the Mavericks took over the game.
3: Um, yeah, I mean, you know, the Mavericks have really good three-point shooters. Seth Curry got hot. Um, some other guys on the team got hot. They're, they've been shooting really well in the bubble. They have the second-best offense in uh, since the restart. So Dallas has been playing extremely well both well as Luka and Kristaps uh, averaging over 30 points in the bubble. It's a huge offensive matchup.
2: How did you end up doing uh, the gig and, and uh, going down there? Like, how did that all evolve for you?
3: Um, yeah, I mean, it's just uh, you know, I covered the Lakers, uh, applied through the league, and um, got approval to the league. I had to figure out um, sort of all the logistics of moving to Orlando for three months. Uh, within one week, got a pl- on a plane and came and, and quarantined for seven days. So it's, it's definitely been a whirlwind and, and the bubble is like nothing I've ever ex- experienced before, obviously. Um, I equated it the other day to living on a space station. It's like we live on the basketball Death Star. So it's been pretty <laughs> wild to, um, to, to kind of experience that.
2: So what do you do? Like, I know you cover the team and – Uh, since they rolled over and and didn't try in any game that they played, uh, the Lakers completely did nothing in the bubble. What did you do? Like when you weren't at their uh, games, watching them lose, what, what did you do like around uh, that bubble? Like, what was it like?
3: Um, Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of weird. It's a little restrictive. Um, You know, we have magic bands to scan in everywhere we go. We have to, We have to test every day, Um, you know, and then uh, in practices and and media settings, we have to socially distance, wear masks, um, do all kinds of things to kind of make sure that the integrity of the bubble is maintained. Um, You know, it's just kind of weird to try and do your regular job when all these factors have been added. But, you know, we've adapted and and gotten used to it. And, you know, just like anything, if you do it enough times, it, it becomes a habit.
2: Wow, that's crazy. So, um, when I said those things about the Lakers, uh, would how would you describe their performance down there? Uh, did did it seem to you like they were even trying?
3: Um, the Lakers in their seating? Yeah. Range?
2: Yes. Yeah, I
3: mean, sort of half speed. Um, you know, it's it, it's hard because one they pretty much had number one seating locked up, um, excuse me. Um, and two, they number one seating just doesn't mean what it usually means. I mean, there's no home court advantage. Um, the, the Blazers who are their opponent are actually healthier than they would have been if this had played out in April. Um, you know, number one is just not the reward that you usually think of it. So it was just kind of a time for the Lakers to feel like they got their conditioning back. Obviously they shot pretty bad. Um, at the start and got a little better, but they still had the worst three-point shooting in the bubble uh, in those eight 18 games. I think that the Lakers have sort of another gear, but at some point they're going to have to show it, and game one is definitely the, the time to start if they do. I mean, I think LeBron kind of was going a little half-paced, trying to make sure he wasn't going to get injured and get to the playoffs, um, but obviously we've seen LeBron in the playoffs before, and he really ramps up as time goes on.
2: So uh, Kyle Goon with us from the Southern California News Group. Do you uh, worry at all about the Blazers, the way they have played? Uh, I think they've been uh, fantastic. And they certainly look different with Jurkic. And uh, I think Gary Trent's been phenomenal. I think Melo's played uh, 17 solid per game. I think he's had a great role for them. And then obviously... You know, Dame and CJ do their thing. Collins gives them a piece. There's a lot of reasons uh, that I have been impressed with the Blazers. Now, everyone, after they did all that magnificent work to get the eight, everyone's saying that the Lakers are just going to roll over them. Uh, I think that's absurd. I, I think uh, I just Is have a problem what everyone's with that.
3: Saying? I, I don't know that everyone's saying that. I mean, I think a lot of people perceive them as a, as a really tougher than average eight seed. Um, they went to the Western Conference Finals last year. They have Nurkic back. Um, they don't have Collins for game one, but Collins could potentially play in the series, which he couldn't have in April. Um, I mean, they're the number one offense in the bubble. Um, they're they're playing great offense. I do think that at some point, like you just mentioned, their run is going to catch up with them. I mean, they've, they've been super hot. Dams averaged almost 40 points in his games in the bubble. That doesn't seem like it can keep up forever, um, and and I I do think that that will kind of run out a little bit. But um, I, I do I, I don't think that what from what I've heard people think that the Lakers are just going to sweep them out of the building, and and I certainly don't think that I
2: yeah, I'm listen, I, I, I like what the Blazers are doing. I think they're going to give the Lakers a game every night. I, I just think Dame Lillard is not having it. Uh, he's not having just Lakers roll and that's that. I just think they have too many weapons that can score. Now, I I, I question their defense a little bit, but they can run with anybody. And then people said... That they would, uh, you know, like you had just suggested that they would run out of gas, if you will, having to play all those incredible pressure games that they had to play. But I come from the side of the river that says, frankly, and I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying most of the guys that I know that and I ball every day of my life. They, they just want to keep balling. There's no, like, getting tired. I don't even know what that is. Like, every guy I know that balls, they just want to keep balling. He even said it. He's like, I'm here to ball. I'm not here to swim in the pool, uh, to go fishing. I just want to ball. And I think they're going to have enough juice to go out every night and play because not, I know think the Lakers are a problem with Davis and LeBron, but I think that they have enough to go out as pros to just keep grinding
3: yeah i mean I, I think that too and and um yeah i mean Ian lillard is obviously just a name who commands respect in this league um people take him very seriously i mean he's he's had two series winning shots walk off shots uh including the one last year over paul george that everyone remembers with the uh, bye bye wave so i mean he's definitely a threat like you, you have to take him seriously CJ's um cj's been playing well even though he has a fracture in his back um, I think that's going to be an issue for for the Blazers and, and trying to put a true challenge up to the Blazers or to the Lakers rather. And I don't think the Blazers can defend on the interior, which is just a huge problem when you're facing Anthony Davis, who could be up for some major nights this week. So I am interested to see if they can kind of keep up this sort of underdog happy spirit. Um, obviously, they've been playing elimination games basically since they got to the bubble and the Lakers have not had to play with that kind of urgency. So I'm interested to see how those things swing.
2: Lastly, how do you think uh, Kuzma uh, goes off in this series? I know what everybody does on that team, Dwight's role, McGee's role, uh, Caruso's role, uh, Pope's role. What do you think Kuzma does uh, on a nightly basis in this thing?
3: Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing for him is that he's going to have to defend and then he's going to have to hit threes. And that's been kind of a tough role for him to kind of figure out because last year he was given a lot of leash. Uh, he was a starter who's averaging almost 20 points a game um, and, and sort of considered himself sort of a foundational piece of the team. And this year he's had to take a step back, be more of a sixth man, um, be more efficient in his minutes. And, that, and that's tough when you, for two years, you're a young guy gunning up shots in the NBA. Um, but I think he's kind of – Realize that the wheels are starting to turn on that. Um, he's played better defensively in the bubble. Uh, he's going to have a challenge against Carmelo Anthony at times, um, against probably uh, Yusuf Nurkic at times. Um, and But he's, he's got to play smart and efficient uh, and and really space the floor for LeBron and AD so the, the trailblazers just can't collapse on those two. So if he kind of plays his role more so than the gunner that he was early in his career, um, I think... The Lakers are, are really going to uh, benefit from that, and it's going to be a lot easier to close out the Blazers.
2: All right, Kyle, great stuff. Uh, go back and enjoy the rest of this one. It's seventy-seven, seventy-six. Clippers, a really good game. Uh, they threw Zinger out of that game. It's unbelievable to me. Uh, enjoy the Lakers-Blazers series. I'm sure we'll catch up again. Hopefully, when you're down there, uh, since you're there, we'll get you back on the bench or get you on uh, the TV side on Coast to Coast. Thanks for coming on tonight. All right.
3: Hey, thank you, guys. Bye-bye.
2: All right. Kyle Goon with the Southern Cali News Group. And uh, I just cannot believe I got to be honest with you. I mean, that was nothing. I mean, there was a little bit of a a skirmish, a little shove, like, you know, don't touch me. Beverly's always in it. You know, Beverly gets away with murder and then they blame Porzingis for that whole thing. Now, I don't know. I still haven't spotted. Because I, I, I haven't seen if Beverly's on the bench right now or if they threw him out too. I'm not certain. But I know Porzingis is done in this game. He got two two texts. The first one was complaining after he blocked the shot early in the second. and then uh, And then now he's been thrown out for getting into a fight with Beverly. So they threw him out of the game. That's a bad move by the NBA refs to throw out such an important player. They would never throw Kawhi Leonard or Paul George out of an NBA playoff game. But they throw Porzingis out because he doesn't matter as much as the beloved Lakers and Clippers. I think that's a bunch of BS is Pharrell on a bench. All right, on the bench. All right, so yeah, it was definitely Morris that he shoved, not uh, Beverly. But Beverly and Morris were the ones in the scrum, right? So Porzingis shoved Morris, and then Beverly was in it too. Beverly did not get tossed. Porzingis got tossed, his second tech, and uh, most of the fans, two of the most weak techs I've ever seen, soft-ass NBA. And then here's another one. Uh, this Shaq is rigged for sure, and then LeBron – uh, was watching the game and he's like, uh, man, that was bogus as hell, man. Come on, man. That uh, double tech. He got one for blocking a shot, which was a clean block. And then I think the other one was uh, bottom line. I'm losing my mind in here. I got so much action going on. Um, I just thought it was a terrible call uh, to throw him out. Like now. I mean it's 8276 clippers I think it changed the game it, it definitely I mean without a doubt it changed the game I mean he was having a solid game he was he was involved he was doing everything Doncic was having his usual uh you know big night in terms of what he was producing and I thought uh, Porzingis had 14, 6 and 1 with a block, and then uh, Doncic has 24, 5, and 7. And if he would have kept playing, I mean, it was early in the third, if he would have kept playing, uh, you know, uh, Porzingis is going to have 25 points in this game because he's going to shoot a few more threes, he's going to get to the line. I thought Porzingis was playing defense, blocking shots, the whole deal. I just want to look at it, uh, to see how many at just the one block. But the one, it, you know, the one he blocked, they didn't give him any credit for. It was a clean block. It was a beautiful block. And they, and then he questioned it. He threw his arm. He like was like, no way. And then they tacked him up like these uh, refs with their crappy balls in the NBA and the NHL is just as bad. Uh, with these linesmen never drop the puck on faceoffs, I hate the guts.